Hello, Dave here again with my wife, Kathy. Hello. Doing another Cinemile. Um, so it's Saturday afternoon. We were supposed to meet a friend of ours, Joe, and his daughter, Nula. Um, but they cancelled on us because Nula's not, not feeling the best. She's always cancelling on us. I know, yeah. She's such, such, a, a, bitch. such a flake. <laughs> uh, she may only be nine months, but she's also, you know, she's setting some bad precedents here, I think. Um, so, Nula, if you're listening, sort, sort your shit out. And, um, so, what else are we going to do, right? It's not a very nice day. It's cold. not a nice day. So, we're going to the cinema. We're going to the cinema. To see to go Kubo and the Two Strings. Kubo and the Two Strings, which we know nothing, no. literally, I know n- next to nothing about. I know I've steered clear of trailers and reviews because I know that people are really recommending it, so I didn't want any spoilers. Yeah. It, um... I know it's made by the same studio that did uh, Paranorman, which I really liked. I watched that on a plane back from Australia a few years ago. And uh, they did another one. I think I tried one. to watch it and then I fell asleep because I'd taken a sleeping tablet. <laughs> so I can't really comment on that one. And they did something else. They do, they're, they're like stop motion. They're like Aardman. I think they're like the American sort of Aardman studio. Okay. So this is all, I, I believe this is all stop motion. So we're expecting well. good things. Yeah, it's at 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Um, okay. Right. Not a lot else, else to, to say. say. <laughs> Bye. Let's head in. If you must blink, do it now. Pay careful attention to everything you see. No matter how unusual it may seem. If you look away, even for an instant, then our hero will surely perish. Right, what'd you think of that? Um, ooh, straight into it. Um, I'm Not actually a bit, time. bit speechless because it was so beautiful. Oh, I was really was struck by it. Yeah. Did it, it strike a chord? It did strike a chord. Huh? And we're not going to do Two any spoilers strings. in this because not that many people will have seen it, and you don't, we don't need to discuss. We really don't need to just probably discuss specifics of the plot, but it's just so beautiful, and it's so sweet, and the message is, it's a really good message for kids, but it's also a lovely adult, like enjoyable movie, and it's just around the creativity and stories and playing music and writing and. And it's got a beautiful message about mortality. Yeah, really beautiful message. Um, I cried. I cried as well. I, I welled up three times, and at the end, I was just I cried a at the end. Yes, yeah. and it was so beautiful. <laughs> oh, I can't get streaming over it. down my face. Yeah, same. It was stunning. Stunning, and also it was funny and fun, which yeah. is what you want from a kids' movie. And it was really busy in the cinema, and all the kids were laughing and reacting to it. Um, but it was superb voice acting. Superb voice acting. Like Charlize Theron. Oh, she was amazing. Was sensational. Yeah. Uh, like the, the, just like the emotion in her voice. Yeah, she was amazing. She brought a lot to, and to that McGonaghy, character. And Matthew McConaughey, which surprises me actually, because he always has kind of a southern accent, which he didn't have in this, which was good. Um, it, it was, I guess, and it, it's so beautiful, and it's set in Japan. One of the things that I maybe thought was, is it weird to have a Japanese setting and American? white actors voicing them yeah I thought that was a bit strange I mean this because George Takai did one of the voices of a minor character but I don't know anyway I thought that was a bit weird I mean look this is a a constant problem in Hollywood and we're seeing it again with Matt Damon in The Great Wall 
uh, this whitewashing and you know uh, the gods of Egypt have the same problem with Jared Butler but is it's it different when they're not on screen because like George Takei has an American accent anyway so I know but it's not like the, the same argument applies the, the movie needs and I'm not I'm, this isn't a defense of it but this is why it's happening the movie needs star value uh, I didn't know they were in it, it did you? well they are on the poster oh, Look, I, I agree with you it's less it should be less important with animation and I would have liked to have seen um, yeah I don't know and we don't know what race Asian the kid actors. is and it, I mean yeah it was just uh, that was the one thing I thought oh that's a bit strange the other thing um, like you didn't need Ray Fiennes in that really did you no he was I mean and he's great because he's a great actor he's good but he didn't bring yeah. a lot to it it's almost like a movie that should have been in Japanese yeah do you know it felt a lot like um, a Studio Ghibli yeah it had that feeling about it in many but ways. anyway look obviously the creators were I assume American and they did an amazing job they are job. I believe um, oh like but you know it was so beautiful maybe and so English. stunning but the the, the stop it's the first time I've ever seen like stop motion it took me like 15 minutes to realise it was stop motion even though I know you had said earlier they do that I only noticed when there was like a zoom in on a character speaking and I almost think it, the stop motion's too good because actually <laughs> yeah. in the end and I love stop motion I think it's so amazing when people make you know make the models but they uh, they took that away from it by making it it looks like a Pixar movie or something like it just looks computer generated and well, I think wait, they, what they you're saying you're saying they used too many computers in it you're saying that but it was stop motion so you're saying that the stop motion was so good that it looked like computer graphics yeah but I don't believe that it was just stop motion I'd say there was a lot of computer graphics in it well they do show you in the credits at the end they show you yeah, a little cool. bit of the behind the scenes which is interesting And you, but you can see my, my suspicion is and I'd like to look into this is that the, a lot of the backgrounds are maybe computer animated yeah um, but it looked like all the characters were completely stop motion. Yeah, they were. So like, and like, they were, it was exquisitely beautiful. Like, I, I just, I just think, oh, it's a bit of a shame. Like, I think kids in the audience who who wouldn't know, would never know. Th- there's no visual difference. Like, what difference did it make that it was stop motion? I think it brought a it brought a real um, handmade feel to it, and that it really it really tied in because there's a lot in the movie to do with crafts and creativity and paper. Yeah, it totally that, tied in, but I don't know if you would, if, if it's, cl- if it's clear enough what it is. I don't know. Would you? Would I have? Like, would would somebody necessarily know it was stop motion unless they were told? So I, I really only notice it when their mouths were moving. So I guess your question is, could you have just done it with CG and had the same effect? Yeah. I would Other say, than we know they handmade it and it ties in with the themes of the movie. I would say the answer is probably yes, but I think <sighs> it's not going to affect the storytelling, perhaps. But it's there's just something I think something would be lost in the process because the craft of them making this involves them hand making these oh I know characters. I completely agree with you like, and I feel I'm like a certain level of love goes into that that might be lost in a computer screen I don't think so though I mean I'm pretty sure in Pixar they put as much love into things whether they're making it in a computer or not I just think for me I would like to have seen it visually more a, a, a bit handmade looking um, but that's just like a visual so it wasn't stop motiony enough for well you. no it wasn't um, and that's not taking away from how beautiful it was um, but like anyway so like the the plot like the little kid he's amazing the music's beautiful um, it's fun and funny as well it's not just this you know sometimes you can watch movies that have great elements but it doesn't quite come together despite it having a beautiful vision but this was um, 
yeah. storytelling Story was, was really per- good. perfection and, and really unusual as well. Very unusual. Yeah. Not afraid and like most of the best kids movies was didn't talk down to the audience no. and wasn't afraid to face up with some s- some, some scare there's some hard there's some hard facts in there. Um, there's some good scares. Very scary. Scary monster. S- this is the bad guys are quite scary. I thought they were chilling. And what about the um so it's an unusual setting and it's this whole world they've created with different rules and they just launch straight into them there was yeah, no you, explanation you are kind of thrown into it I was it. like oh wow I like just, that but it's like kind of just like the like basically comes across as somebody who's like depressive recluse she's got kind of weird magic going on that was quite dark sad at the beginning. like he's it's her carer sad. that's what he is um, and that's not a spoiler because that's like the first second of the movie Yeah. but yeah so that was quite dark and then they just brought us straight into the magic of the moon and the world and I love that I love when movies just launch you just drop you right in the middle of it like there was no exposition so it's a sort of a magical world with a lot of sort of ancient Japanese influences yeah and like beautiful origami and music oh I just well I love really fun I love anything that has that sort of um, that Asian influence the the the, the Japanese style. It was fabulous, and, and they had like the lanterns lit for souls. Oh my god! So it's all stuff around so when people die and their memories live on with you. You know, nobody can ever take somebody's memory, like the memory of a loved one, from you. It's just so nice. That kid's performance was superb. Yeah, he as well. was amazing. We must look him up. And they just the way they animated all their expressions. Um, it was so cool. There's a character called Monkey in it, and it was just like <gasps> your monkey was amazing. That's Charlize monkey Theron. Monkey looked monkey to me looked like pure CGI, and I know she wasn't because I know <laughs> yeah. it was a puppet. But but that's only because I know that <laughs> it looked like Shrek. You know when Shrek was done really good CGI, yeah. it was one of the first good things where you could see hair moving and stuff. Yeah, but her like, hair was her hair, yeah. but her hair was just like sort of clumps of. Um, I guess well, whatever it's made out of clay or it was good and until she came in the monkey character there was no humour in the movie and I had thought oh this is going to be very dry Yeah. and then thankfully it picked up because it was in danger of being too serious great character yeah. and Matthew McConaughey was, he was amazing. very funny as well um, but yeah we recommend but we shouldn't talk anymore because we don't want to do any spoilers and no absolutely. my like only criticism of the movie is a little bit long thought maybe could have chopped five minutes out of it do you think I had a little there sense was a of part, it dragging there was a part in the climax before the very very end which was just had me in bits mm-hmm. but the the sort of the big sort of battle say at the end that I thought that felt a little bit draggy to me yeah um, same but can I mean, we also it's an hour 45 that's long enough for a kids movie can we also say in a sort of a, in a year where we've just had sequel and reboot and sequel I know and it's so original this is like blindingly original yeah I mean there, clearly it has unreal. influences and it wears it wears them on its sleeves but it's a con- like but entirely original to us anyway and like maybe it's based on Japanese properties that we don't know about I don't believe it it, it just it didn't feel like that yeah it just was like a, a new world a new type of like visually the characters were different looking the costumes were different looking um, and it was fun it was just old fashioned beautiful um, storytelling yeah Oh, um, and the end, the very like fable, end. So sit through the very end because they, the most beautiful version of "While My Guitar Gently Weeps" by Regina Spektor, which was just stunning. And then they just have these that beautiful, like as opposed to the stop motion, but they have like the artwork of the characters. And then they show a bit of the behind the scenes at the end, and all the kids in the audience were like, "Ah!" And that came on. They were so excited because <laughs> they wouldn't know like that any of that. They just wouldn't have known how it was made. It's a shame they didn't even show a bit more of that. But yeah, really good. And hilariously, right before we went in, like we were 
giving our tickets to the guy at the door and he was like oh you're back again you two were here last night weren't you <laughs> we were so embarrassed we were like yeah we were um the shame of it so that's um that's it i really highly highly, highly recommend, recommend yeah seeing that that's perfect saturday like kind of rainy saturday afternoon ages yeah and really beautiful one to watch at like any age and any generation yeah. what would be we I think a lovely experience to watch it with kids we didn't mention the music as well yeah the music the, the, the was beautiful the score was yeah. just stunning and um, it, it did a lot with because um, I watched this um, video on YouTube the other day which was the it's called the Marvel uh, Symphonic Universe it's by a guy called Every Frame of Painting it's very I'd recommend watching it he basically looks at why no none of the Marvel Studios music has made any impact. I watched it. Did you watch it? Yeah, and um, I was like, yeah, I agree, Marvel movies yeah, don't have no, good music. It's so brilliantly done how he picks apart scenes. And one of his points was letting a scene, letting the music lead the scene. And he has some interviews with composers who say that that's something that is sort of not done by modern day um, Hollywood movie makers because the it's all about the dialogue or the action etc and the music is background mm -hmm. but I felt like there were plenty of scenes in Kubo and the Two Strings which the music just led the scene emotionally yeah I agree and it's like um, do you know what else it's like we watched this amazing documentary this week on Sky Arts which was Matilda and Me and it was about Tim Minchin writing the Matilda score and we, we've seen Matilda and it was amazing and he wrote this song When I Grow Up because he was inspired by the play and he just wrote it and when he went to present it to the the playmakers they all listened to it and said yeah it's amazing and then oh shit we're going to have to go and, and write a new scene into the play because <laughs> yeah. we need to get that song in but it has nothing to do with the story so they let like the music lead it and now they've got one of the most iconic songs on theatre um, and that's they, the most beautiful song yeah it? so basically that yeah that is the same point around the Marvel stuff um, and with this as well like the scenes just like they just flew along with music so it's really beautiful um, but anyway right we're overrunning now we need to go shopping alright <laughs> um, bye thanks for stopping by San Diego oh um, and do, uh, let me do all my plugs I gotta do my plugs yeah uh, we are at on, we're on Twitter at the Cinemile uh, follow us there um, if you're on iTunes please rate us and leave us a review and it's which we uh, only learned about recently. We didn't know about that, so we had never all said the it. rage. Yeah, and uh, that's it, isn't it? Oh, and you can email us at the the cinemile at gmail .com. Yeah. Okay. Bye now. Bye.
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.